Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Wednesday, September 6th, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. We're halfway through the week. Happy Hump Day, everybody. If this is your first time listening, I, of course, want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, topics, or categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, as I mentioned, we're halfway through the week which means we are middle of the road in terms of difficulty. Yesterday was a little bit easier. Tomorrow is going to be a little bit harder. As always, if you find this episode to be a bit too challenging for your taste, well, I encourage you to listen to it anyway, and I encourage you to listen to all episodes of the week, including tomorrow and Friday. You never know. You might surprise yourself. You might know the answer to a pretty difficult question, and even if you don't, you might learn something along the way. If, however, you find today's episode to be a bit too simple, well, you're in luck because tomorrow, Thursday, will be a little bit more challenging. So, without further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. What is the southernmost point in the continental United States located in Florida? And that southernmost point is Key West. In fact, there's something in Key West that marks the southernmost point. It is the southernmost point buoy. It is literally called the southernmost point buoy. It is an anchored concrete buoy in Key West, Florida, marking the southernmost point in the continental United States, the lowest latitude land of contiguous North American United States. The large painted buoy that's there was actually established as a tourist attraction in 1983 by the city at the corner of South Street and Whitehead Street. Now, from this location, Cuba is actually located only about 90 miles away. And although this is the most southern point in the contiguous United States, the entirety of Hawaii is actually further south than this. So the question was, what is the southernmost point in all of the United States? Well, it would be somewhere in Hawaii. But the question was, in fact, the continental United States, which, once again, is Key West. Question number two. What do you call a cocktail consisting of coconut milk, rum, and pineapple? And that cocktail is called the Pina Colada. The Pina Colada is a cocktail made with rum, cream of coconuts or coconut milk, and pineapple juice, usually served either with blended or shaken ice. The name Pina Colada in Spanish literally means strained pineapple, in reference to the freshly pressed and strained pineapple juice used in the drink's preparation. Now, the earliest known story on this drink's history states that in the 19th century, so that'd be the 1800s, Puerto Rican pirate Roberto Cofresi gave his crew a beverage or cocktail that contained coconut, pineapple, and white rum in order to boost their morale. This was what would be later known as the famous pina colada. Now this history, this story, is actually a bit disputed. There are more claims to this famous drink. Uh, there's, I think, a bar in Puerto Rico that claims it. Uh, there's a hotel with a bartender there that claims it. But I personally, I like this version the most, the version of the Puerto Rican 
pirate who gave his gave his salty crew a uh, a pina colada to keep their spirits high. Moving on to question number three. What is the medical term for the soft spot on a newborn baby's head, which allows for the growth and expansion of the skull during infancy? And that soft spot is called a fontanelle. A fontanelle is an anatomical feature of the infant human skull, comprising of soft membranous gaps, or sutures, between the cranial bones that make up the clavia of a fetus or an infant. The fontanelles allow for stretching and deformation of the neurocranium, both during birth and later, as the brain expands faster than the surrounding bones can grow. Now, in human babies, the fontanelles will will usually close fully at about 18 months uh, with the closure of the anterior fontanelle coming last at about that 16 to 18 month period. So once again, we call it a soft spot, but the actual term, the medical term is a fontanelle. Moving on to question number four, which sea often considered the world's largest inland body of water is bounded by five countries, Russia, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, Iran, and Azerbaijan. And that is called the Caspian Sea. The Caspian Sea is the world's largest inland body of water, often described as the world's largest lake or a full-fledged sea. It is estimated to be about 30 million years old and became landlocked in the late Miocene about five and a half million years ago due to tectonic uplift and a fall in sea level. The Caspian Sea was a comparatively small endoric sea during the late Pliocene, but its surface area increased fivefold around the time of the Pliocene to Pleistocene transition. A quick fun fact. The Caspian Sea is actually known worldwide for its caviar farming. Now, I've personally never had caviar, but uh, if I ever get to go to the Caspian Sea, if I ever get to see the Caspian Sea, I might just have to try myself some caviar. Moving on to question number five. What is the birth name of the American singer and actress known professionally as Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga's real name is Stephanie Germanata. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata, known professionally, of course, as Lady Gaga, is an American singer, songwriter, and actress. She is known for her image reinventions and versatility in the entertainment industry. Gaga began performing as a teenager, singing at open mic nights and acting in school plays. In 2007, Gaga had her breakthrough year with the debut studio album called The Fame and its chart-topping singles Just Dance and Poker Face. Now, fun fact, Germana took the name Lady Gaga from the song Radio Gaga by the rock group Queen. Now, Lady Gaga, her music is pretty good. I remember it a lot from growing up. Obviously, she's still quite famous, still makes great music, but I personally became a huge fan of hers 
when I saw the movie A Star is Born. I personally thought she did a great job. The songs, the music, everything in that. Her acting was fantastic. Of course, Bradley Cooper. Who can beat Bradley Cooper? So, me personally, big fan of Stephanie, Joanne, Angelina, Germanata, a.k.a. Lady Gaga. Question number six. Where did the 2000 Summer Olympics take place? And those Olympics were in Sydney, Australia. The 2000 Summer Olympics was an international multi-sport event held from the 15th of September to the 1st of October 2000 in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. It marked the second time the Summer Olympics were held in Australia and in actually in the Southern Hemisphere. The first was actually in Melbourne in 1956. The host country, Australia, took fourth place in overall medal count with the United States, China, and Russia just ahead of them. Now, I personally think that that's actually a pretty good accomplishment. It's cool to see the host country perform very well, and I feel like it typically happens, at least from the Olympics that I can remember offhand. Now, Australia will host the Summer Olympics again in 2032 in Brisbane, Queensland, making it the first oceanic country to host the Olympics three times. So, in 2032, they will once again have an opportunity to get fourth place or higher in the overall medal counts. Moving on to question number seven. The movie and book, The Da Vinci Code, begin with a murder. In which famous museum did this murder happen? And that famous museum is, of course, the Louvre in Paris. The Da Vinci Code is a 2003 mystery thriller novel by Dan Brown and a 2006 film of the same name starring Tom Hanks. The Da Vinci Code follows symbologist Robert Langdon and cryptologist Sophie Neveu after a murder in the Louvre Museum in Paris causes them to become involved in a battle between the Priory of Sion and Opus Dei over the possibility of Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene having a child together. The novel became a massive worldwide bestseller that sold 80 million copies as of 2009 and has been translated into 44 languages. Now, of course, the film was also very successful, grossing $224 million in its worldwide opening weekend and a total of $760 million worldwide, becoming the second highest grossing film of 2006, as well as director Ron Howard's highest grossing film to date. Now, I personally love The Da Vinci Code, both the book and the movie. However, I can confidently say that this is one of those instances where, yes, the book was better than the movie. Both were great. Both were certainly great. Of course, I'm a Tom Hanks fan. Who doesn't love a good Tom Hanks movie? But that book was fantastic. I think I've read it at least twice, maybe a third time. So once again, all of that started, the book and the movie, in the Louvre in Paris. Question number eight. What is the name of the imaginary magical land where Peter Pan and the Lost Boys live in J.M. Barrie's famous children's story? 
That magical land is called Neverland. Neverland is a fictional island featured in the works of J.M. Barrie and those based on them. It is an imaginary, faraway place where Peter Pan, Tinkerbell, Captain Hook, the Lost Boys, and a bunch of other imaginary beings and creatures live. Although not all people who come to Neverland cease to age, its best-known resident, of course Peter Pan, famously refused to grow up. Thus, the term is often used as a metaphor for eternal childhood and childishness, as well as immortality and escapism. Neverland has been featured prominently in subsequent works that either adapted Barry's work or expanded upon them. So, once again, Peter Pan, the Lost Boys, and their whole crew, they lived in Neverland. Question number nine. Which British monarch is famous for her long 63-year reign in the 19th century? And that, of course, was Queen Victoria. Victoria, born Alexandrina Victoria in 1819, was Queen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland from 20th of June 1837 until her death in 1901. Her reign of 63 years and 216 days is known as the Victorian era and was longer than any of her predecessors. It was a period of industrial, political, scientific, and military change within the United Kingdom and was marked by a great expansion of the British Empire. Victoria married her first cousin, Prince Albert, in 1840. Their nine children married into royal and noble families across the continent, earning Victoria the sobriquets, the grandmother of Europe. So, for example, when you study World War I history, you come to find out that the Kaiser of Germany during World War I, the King of England during World War I, and of course the Tsar of Russia. They were all fighting each other, but they were all cousins. Their grandmother was Queen Victoria. Moving on to question number 10. In Greek mythology, who was condemned by Zeus to support the heavens on his shoulders for eternity? And the answer there, that was Atlas. In Greek mythology, Atlas is a titan condemned to hold up the heavens or sky for eternity. Atlas and his brother sided with the titans in their war against the Olympians. It was called the Titanomachy. When the titans were ultimately defeated, many of them, including Atlas's brother, were confined to Tartarus. But Zeus condemned Atlas specifically to stand at the western edge of the earth and hold up the sky on his shoulders. Atlas did not want to do this, resulting in him being sent to hell. Now, a common misconception today is that Atlas was forced to hold the earth on his shoulders, but classical art actually shows Atlas holding up the celestial spheres, not the terrestrial globe. So, I want to make sure that I clarified that because I personally had it incorrect. Once again, that was Atlas from Greek mythology. So that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be simple, I encourage you to check in tomorrow. We're going to make it a little bit harder. 
if you found it challenging anyway, I encourage you to, to check it out too. You never know, you might surprise yourself and you might enjoy it as well. I want to encourage all of you to tell your friends, tell your family about our show here. We're always trying to grow the community here at My Daily Trivia. I want to thank each of you personally for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you tomorrow. Tomorrow.